0: You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can, we get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that, and the art is more interesting than that.
1: By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work.
0: Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera, and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it.
1: We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership.
0: Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the Acting Podcast from the BGB studio. Hello, Risa.
1: Hi, Steve. I haven't seen you in a while. A while.
0: I mean, not that long, but relative to how much we usually see each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. How's it going? Um, I've got a 12-day-old baby. My five-year-old starts kindergarten next week, and I just had a root canal. Wow, that's so a lot. And are you that. sleeping? Well, but what's interesting, though, is like my face is still numb a little bit. Like half an hour ago, I was in the chair yeah. uh, a root canal. Um, and it's one of those moments when you can probably decide. You ask me how I'm doing. How's it going? Yeah. I can decide. I could pick one. You know what I mean? I have two healthy kids. Like things are pretty good, you know? Uh, so I'm going <laughs> with, with that for now. But these notions of self-care, I think, uh, come in uh, to play now more than ever, yeah. uh, which is important. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I'm actually happy. I uh, taught your class last night. You did. I did. I I loved it. I loved it. It's a good group, these people. It's a really good group. Yeah. I'm moved by it, like even right now. Yeah. You know? Um, They are so willing to just dive into the work uh, unapologetically, fiercely, which is so great. And when I see that happen, which I experience... Often with my classes as well, uh, my ongoing classes, is it just reminds me of how important it is for us to dive into our lives, the sure. way you're in the midst of, right. and to our to our to our work, to our journeys, you know. And uh, if you don't do that, then you're missing out and you're cheating yourself. So when you're talking about, you choose to have this experience because you could do that or you could complain about it, right. you know. It's the same thing for actors, and it's the same thing for the way we live our lives as artists and professionals and and
0: humans. Yeah, that group um, is quite talented, and moreover, they have leaned hard into a community. They've created a, a community yeah. amongst themselves uh, here at the studio, and I think both of those things allow them to in the same way that in so many ways I was able to to leap high as a result of being married to my wife like once I had that like solid footing down I feel like I could do anything really that, I've me. never heard that no, no. that's so it's interesting true. but this group has a firm community that they yeah. come back to consistently and I think from that foundation they jump even higher which is really cool and uh, this sort of leads us to what we want to talk about today and as much as um, actors come to us all the time and they're looking for like what's the path what's the way to get from A to Z and um, Z
1: being uh, the magical summit of success
0: right that that exact place it's an interesting uh, place that place yeah. <laughs> and it might just be a fantasy or it may exist right here right now uh, you can sort of make it what you what you'd like I suspect but we hear so many actors wanting that while at the same time we see actors who one would consider successful. And they're also struggling. They're also looking for (laughs) that place. So the question is, what is the path? And there is no path. There is your path. You read the biographies and think that, oh, this is the A to Z, um, these five steps or whatever. But they don't really exist. Or
1: or if they exist, they took 30 years to
0: get there. And they're unique to that person. That's right. Um, so we want to offer our stories and all of this, in the context of that, um, and in the interest of chipping away at these solid structures of this is the path that you take, which does not exist, um, because you and I have, have been in the business for a long time, seen a lot, uh, tasted success, been kicked in the teeth uh, come back, tasted success again. And, and having done that a few times, seen, uh, the, the highs and the lows of it so we can step back and see it for what it is. And so, uh, let's jump into that and, and offer our stories in that context, the story of how you got here, how I got here, how we got here together, uh, and, and how we created this studio so that other people could, could thrive. Um, why don't you start? Uh, this is this is hard for us. Let's say that too, right? Because people have asked uh, us, to, you know, to, to tell these stories sometimes, and um, it, it's uh, it's hard because I think we like to not be in that vulnerable place, vulnerable place too, of offering, hey, here's where we failed a bunch of times. You know, but
1: we need to. I think Absolutely. we ask actors to be vulnerable all the time, sure. and so we need to be willing to do that. And I'm willing to do that. I just don't right. want it to be about me. Right. You know, it's it's for us. It's about at this stage, certainly in my career, and I know in yours, about creating space so that other people can find their place and their the freedom and safety to articulate their voice and creative expression, which gets me off. Like that's my high now. You know, and uh, I had to come to terms with that because I wasn't sure at this you know at this stage in my life and career what that was. So we came together to create BGB. We'd known each other a little while, right? Um, Years, I knew, in fact. I knew you because you were an actor, a really good actor who I'd brought in for stuff and cast in a couple things that even read with.
0: And I knew you because you were a really good casting director who got in my face in auditions and I loved it.
1: yeah i remember you actually got in my face yeah well i was i we were auditioning for this part in this pilot and (laughs) the director uh who i did not get along with um said we need somebody who really like just comes in here and is you know bold and and uh you know aggressive we need some aggression in this because everyone's coming in and being soft and i thought okay let's all right, so I knew you were out there, and it was in this yeah. horrible production office where actors were sitting in the middle of the hallway.
0: I was sitting. I, I actually, <laughs> oddly, I remember it. I was sitting in the hallway. Yeah, on the were, floor.
1: Yeah, people were going by. There weren't enough chairs. It was horrifying to me. Yeah. But anyway, I brought you in, and I thought, well, he can do this. Yeah. So let's see. And so right. <laughs> we started reading the scene, and I just got in your face because not only did I know you could handle it, but also I was so done with this session and I want and this role, and I just thought this is ridiculous. So let me just see if you can give this guy what he wants and I'll just you know I'll needle you noodle you whatever that is and see what happens and and I think I
0: screamed at you to get out of my face (laughs) yeah it it was all with love (laughs) you know what I mean but (laughs) but that's just it though I I knew that you would get it that like we're not being disrespectful there's no like it
1: was fun you actually saved my day because I was feeling so humiliated by my lack of communication with this director
0: Mm. who would go on and win an academy award
1: yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it was not for this pilot. That's true. Um, but he was, he was challenging and, 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 uh, that was part of his whole thing, but I just wanted to get out of there. And I was my, just my day was, just, I was getting this pounding headache. I didn't want to be there. It was just, a, you know, not a fun day. And, and I, and so not only did I, this was like, okay, Steve, bring it. Cause you can do this and we could be done here and I could go home.
0: Sure.
1: But, uh, when you did, I thought, oh, well, this is fun. This is this is what we're supposed to be doing. And you walked out of the room, and they were like, that's it. That's the guy. So, so I remember that.
0: But by the same token, though, it's interesting is I don't know if I had a casting director who didn't do that. I knew I could do that, too. I had all the yeah. toxic masculinity in me. <laughs> like, yes. whoever wants it, I'm happy to dole <laughs> yeah, it out there, right? Just come and push I got you. To anger any time. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't know that another casting director who would have reacted, let's say, to that director by, by not doing that, who, who would have been more passive... Um, whether I would have gotten to the same place. I don't know. But anyways, it was yeah. that. And, and I think, you know, I understood that situation and, and CSI New York and that we spoke the same language of the work, which was exciting. It's exciting. And I think this is true of actors here now. It's exciting to know that someone who's on the other side, so to speak, uh, speaks that language. Mm. It, it's, uh, it gives us hope, I think. That there's someone on our team who's spying for us yeah. in there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And and by the way, if they're not, you can teach them. Because they they sure. just don't they just don't have the tools. Right. So, and so don't for you guys listening, don't assume that if somebody doesn't get in your face and, you know, act with you, sure. which I don't do anymore. I have actors do it who come in and are readers who are much better than I ever was. <laughs> but but don't assume that 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 you can't take control of that story that that sure. scene that that room and so then then so I, many th- this, years later yeah, yeah.
0: Um, as the the bitterness of uh, my uh, acting career set in which by the way wasn't awful I just I wanted more and I wasn't getting it yeah. and that's the thing yeah. right like yeah. even people who are used to booking roles all the time uh your test five times in a week which like you know for most people that would be oh my god that's amazing but if you don't get four of them you're pissed off you know like oh why the industry doesn't see me I want more you know yeah. that's the way it is so there's always a bigger fish. So I did this weird thing. I started this anonymously authored blog um, describing my frustrations with the industry. So I was going out a lot. It was during pilot season. And I would um, I would blog about my experiences, about this director who pulled out a cell phone in the middle of my thing, or, hey, the parking for this audition is not great, so make sure you park over there, or all these little tips. and people started liking it. Uh, and the interesting thing about pilot season is there are all these pilots, like if you type in, you know, uh, Handmaid's Tale right now, a billion things will come up on Google. But when that was in a pilot phase and no one knew what it was, I could, you know, talk about these things and people could search it and find it pretty easily. And that was and
1: that was long before the internet got this huge.
0: Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. So um, so I was doing that and it was catching on. And, uh, and I um, went to a workshop that you had basically were you talking about your experience as a casting director which was so amazing to me to hear about what was going on, on the other side and I blogged about that again anonymously mm-hmm. and, and again we knew each other but you reached out and said who is this well I was I really <coughs> was taken
1: with this blog and I didn't know who it was so I kept sending this blog email saying who are you I love your voice and the and I the person the the person behind the curtain being you which I didn't know would not reveal himself that's right
0: Uh, and so which was so weird but I don't know it was just uh, no no
1: but you were saying provocative stuff
0: really like directors would be emailing me for saying like you have to take this down this is not fair I had a call I didn't and I'm like dude I'm not trying to be fair and balanced you did this yeah some sort of like weird vigilante thing on behalf (laughs) of actors who were being disrespected and like left out to wait for two hours while they went for lunch like screw you guys I'm gonna talk about it you know blah 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 but uh, so, so, so then I interviewed you on the blog as well, and then eventually, uh, revealed myself, uh, and we just started talking and talking and I was doing a little bit of teaching at the time and, and you had done some also, and, um, we decided that, uh, the language that we spoke and our interest in helping actors and our our uh, methods and care for actors were aligned enough yeah. that we wanted to do a workshop. And so your daughter was interested in acting, and so we decided just for fun to do this team teen, uh, teen workshop yeah. for your daughter and, yeah. and people like her.
1: Yeah, uh, and it went well. yes. Yeah. Um, and we spoke the same language. We taught right. co-taught in a class. Right. And I remember after we had coffee one time at the M Cafe. Oh. Um, I remember driving home, and I only lived a minute and a half away. But I got in my car and I called Renee, I called my husband, and I said, I think I found a partner. I, th- I found someone who speaks my language. And it was a, at a time when I was actually feeling somewhat lost hmm. myself. You know, I was teaching these master classes all over the country, the world. I was going back and forth to Toronto um, to do stuff at the Film Centre, the Canadian Film Centre, and I was, you know, creating. I'll do a workshop in Chicago, and I would sit there and do this myself, and get on a plane and go, and yeah. you know, make sure I had a TV, and it was all very sort of, um, you know, pick up and go kind of thing. And I didn't. I just was feeling really disconnected from things. Doing a little casting, um, had directed a film. In Toronto, uh, that did not go well. Um, that was really a challenge. I was really not at the bottom, but I was. I, I just was feeling a disconnect and a need again. Like I need to find partnership, collaboration, community, and a place where I can be creative with other people. And so it just. I remember that moment thinking, Oh, maybe this this guy gets it. And so we started doing. We did the the teen workshop and we brought Will in um, and uh, it went well. And we said, Hey, let's try, let's do a class. Right. We decided we yeah. did a class there. What was it? It was called auditioning
0: the right way. F- yeah. Right. Uh, and I f- forget exactly. Um, there were a few different classes that we yeah. started with at the same yeah. time, but uh, and then in short order, two classes led to six and six to 12 and uh, 12 to 18 and 18 and this to 20 space, and, yeah. and, and then moving into this new space, yeah. um, which has been really interesting. The interesting thing for me in it, and again, I think this is, uh, something to think about for everyone is that there are three entities here, uh, in a lot of ways. There's you, there's me, and then there's the studio and the studio has a beautiful life of its own as people use this space to write and to rehearse and to do all sorts of interesting things. Uh, and so, so much of the, the creative beauty of it is allowing the studio to be what uh, what it can. <laughs> what it wants to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is so exciting.
1: Yeah. And having all this space here, this wonderful space in our new warehouse, although it's been a year um, uh-huh. since we've, almost a year since we've been here. We were in construction a year ago uh, this week. But this space has allowed us and all of our teachers and our actors to uh, to feel like they have a home where they could do whatever it is they want to do,
0: aside from come to class. And um, we're, we're constantly evolving, which is the neat thing. It's exhausting, but we're constantly yeah. evolving. We see needs in the industry, um, needs for folks who have been historically excluded from the industry, needs um, as they relate to the technology, which is changing, um, self-tape, the need for actors to also know how to write and shoot and direct, to be creators, And so we have this beautiful canvas on which we can allow for all of that, which is really exciting. Yeah,
1: and important. And it comes back to, you know, I think what the narrative of this discussion is about evolving in new ways, challenging yourself to do that, stepping up and being willing to take those risks to do things that may be outside your comfort zone, but that feed your heart and your creative spirit and never knowing where this is going to take you. But as long as you come home to that spirit, to that heart, to that creative um, energy that is is imperative for you to feel, express, share, and affect each other with. Soon as you, as long as you keep coming home to that, you'll be on the right path.
0: Your path. And as teachers, you and I push back against um, this guruism. Someone walking in with all of their stuff and leading a class by saying, "This is me," and "This is how I would do it," and "I, I, I," which doesn't leave room for the for the for the actor. So so you and I create space. We find moments to speak. We well, let ask me ask questions.
1: you, I'm just going to throw this to you okay, based on that, is what brought you to that
0: notion? <laughs> like, how are you? Did you just turn this around on me? Oh, my goodness. You no, did.
1: No, I, I'm just detouring. <laughs> I understand. Just a little path in the forest. In. You know, how did you get to a place where you were able to offer that, where you were able to come to that being, you know, your your place of of offering and and, uh, experience.
0: I mean, it's the same way I came to the place of being the relationship I'm in with my wife, hitting all the walls, (laughs) like screwing this up significantly so many times. Um, And so I think from a very young age, I was taught to dominate spaces and and, uh, to walk into a room and to exert myself and to say this is what I want and elements of privilege and all of that. And and as I uh, approached an acting career in my late teens, early 20s, that was validated, that I could offer some anger or I could uh, be funny or offer some sort of charisma or whatever I had, um, not necessarily from a place of thoughtfulness or mindfulness or craft, but of, oh, he's uh, bold, you know? (laughs) Uh, And if the look worked, then maybe it would work and I'd book some jobs. And so um, what uh, I, I found when I started uh, taking a lot of classes, and also um, this was true of teachers in various disciplines, music, martial arts, or whatever, that there was this hierarchy of a person on top, this, this figure who was the lead uh, of this organization, and that person had access to the objective truth. I did not. Uh, and so I would give that person my power, that person would tell me what was right or wrong, I would do that thing and check the list, and then I'd get the next belt or whatever else and make my way through. Elements of the Western education system generally, you know, perhaps. Um, and, 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 and then that stopped working for me. <laughs> being in that, that dominant position or being dominated by someone stopped working for me because I realized that uh, I kept hitting certain limitations, um, that would prevent me from going deeper because someone else was creating a structure. Someone else was creating the metric. Um, and so it wasn't till I really moved away from um, martial arts to meditation and to uh, Buddhist mindfulness that I saw a different way that one could, could teach and lead.
1: How old were you Brown?
0: When did that um, happen? I, I think I was maybe 27 or so, mm-hmm. 28. Um, and, uh, that's a guess. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It sort of yeah. happened over time. And, and the truth is, I, I trained martial arts for 13 years and uh, uh, starting in 1995. And that um, involved meditation. But it wasn't meditation for the purposes of uh, peace. It was meditation for the purposes of being tougher and more powerful or whatever. and so so, after thirteen years of training that, the next eleven years were spent with you know um, various Buddhist monks uh, who would teach in a different way. And the notion is that you create space for the students. You don't tell them what to do or where to go. And I applied that in as much as there's a lot of ego in teachers, um, and you know we 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 even see that in ourselves and have to check it in ourselves. More on that in a second. But um, what I found with the actors that I was working with is that when I spoke less, but found the right moments to ask questions, to guide them to a place of finding their own resistance and facing their own resistance, um, that uh, created more growth in them. They did better, They, um, they felt like they had to fill that space. Um, rather than come in and dominate the space and tell people when and where they would come up and what they were doing right or wrong, I would ask them what their experience was pretty consistently. Now, that gets challenging because certain people are saying, well, but I I want you to tell me. I need outside eyes. Appreciate that. And and we can offer that sometimes. For me, what's so much more important, particularly in the industry that we're in, where everyone's going to tell you their version of what the truth is, and the truth doesn't exist because it's art. You and I know this because, like, you know, incredible people in the industry – that we know are still guessing and still screwing it up, yeah. right? They're still like, oh, I thought that would be a big hit, turns out it wasn't. Um, so so people look to us, so how was that? Did I do that right or wrong? People are bringing in their old trauma from old teachers or parents or whatever and, and projecting it on us. And our goal, uh, our, our our job as I see it, is to maintain uh, that space, to be completely present with them so that, that when no matter what they do up there, they turn to us, we're still there. So they're not gonna get that shame or that disconnection of you did a bad job, so go away, or whatever. The praise blame stuff. Um, but at the same time, in that presence is what came up for you, um, how did you feel about that? When you, you know, dropped that line, what was the reason for that uh, um, you know, um, really impressing upon them the need for specificity for making this personal, but not telling them what acting is, not telling them what their experience should be here maybe offering you know, different choices, or hey, let's try it this way or that way, but without the because the first way was wrong or because the first way was right. And again, some of that is you and I being in this so long and knowing that the right and wrong doesn't largely exist. Yeah, um, it takes
1: a while though to, to really trust that. Absolutely. Whether as a teacher and as a, an actor.
0: Absolutely. yeah so, so then when people come to our studio for the eight week class looking for the thing, um, we have to point them in a direction. Um, but the actual growth, the actual transformation, takes time, Uh, it takes patience, it takes understanding that so much of transformation is plateau, and it's a commitment to being an actor for the long game, and if you're looking to be a series regular in six months and that's your goal and you're working towards that, it may happen, frankly, I mean, you know, it happened to me. I booked a TV series, 22 episodes on the air, three months after coming to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That's not real life, and e- even even though it happened, it wasn't real life because that series ended after a year, and I was right back to the beginning. So so these spikes will happen, but there's always a reckoning. Always, and so, yeah. So some yeah. of that. So the the short answer is, I got to this place uh, through understanding, through suffering. The Buddhist might say <laughs> suffering leads to awareness, uh, and and that's been. Um, uh, it's been challenging as I've been through it, but, um, but I think really rewarding. And I'm m- much better able to help people grow uh, more efficiently and more transformationally more m- so that they don't need me. They don't need a teacher. Um, you know, to me, the way that a, a master lets go of a disciple, <laughs> that a teacher lets go of a student, uh, says everything about that teacher. Yeah. When, th- when that student's ready to move on to something else, yeah. if it was about ego— uh, then that master says, no, you can't leave, or how could you do this to me? You're creating you were dependency. You were filling me up, you know, yeah. or or paying my mortgage or whatever. But we don't... That's that's hurtful. That doesn't help anybody. I
1: mean, I only struggle with that in terms of the collaboration. I miss people when they move on, potentially, you know, like they go off to make their movie or be on their TV show or move back to New York to, to start in something. I miss them. That's sure. all. Well,
0: because we invest in them too, yeah, right? Yeah, we're emotionally invested in all of them. They
1: feel like a part of our artistic family. Right. Um, but I've learned over time that it, they come back, not come back to be disciples, but they come back to collaborate because what I've learned in this business is that we're all in this small universe together and people keep coming back into our lives because they're meant to and because we feed each other creatively and that's that's the letting go, allows for all of us to to grow on our own and then come back when we need
0: to come home. How did you learn all that?
1: I'm still learning it. I don't know any of it, really. That's what I love. And, that's, and nobody tells you that. Nobody tells you, oh, when you hit this point in your career, you're going to be learning it all over again every day. So that's the sort of surprising thing for me. Um, but I learned it, if at all, um, by being in a space of collaboration. So for me, I approach teaching the way I approach any work that I do,
0: and I know as a collaborator that that, that takes you all the way back to directing South Pacific or whatever when you were a kid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah South I Pacific. Just, I just
0: James Lipton you. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, but that's what the, I think for me that when I was sixteen and I directed the high school play. Um, because they were going to cancel it otherwise. And I marched into the principal's office, Dr. DeGroote, and I said, you can't cancel the play. And he said, we need a director. And
0: I said, I'll do it. That's and so he said, what are you crazy? Like, that is you. <laughs> what do you mean? That's you. Okay. Cause you're not going to accept the authority telling you that you can't do something. And, and then you like suit up and take care of business and by the way, now I'm going to direct to you, too. I mean, that's yeah. like... Well, I wasn't
1: being it. defiant. I was trying to save the musical. Sure. You know, it was like somebody had to save the musical. And so <laughs> I was challenged to do that. He said, "He said, well, you need to find a teacher. He didn't say no. Well, he first said no. And then he said, I went back and I said, what will it take? And he said, you have to find a mentor. And I did. A teacher, Mr. Smith, who... Um, was the mentor to us and just basically left us alone and said, come tell me if you have any problems. Um, and so by doing that though, I, my life changed because I realized, oh, the only way to do this to do the work, to be an artist, which is what was in my heart, and also to not feel alone as a teenager was to create a community. And if nobody was going to offer me a community, I was going to create it. Again, not for ego, but just like, hey kids, let's put on a show. And suddenly the most amazing people showed up. People I knew, people I didn't know, people who are still in my lives today, in my life today. And so that's how that started. And then that became the way I, I did everything. And, um, that's how what this place is for me you know a place for to, to collaborate a place to also to again as i said as i've gotten older i've realized that it's so exciting to be able to support other people on their journeys
0: yeah no doubt and you know what's interesting you're talking about what you did when you were 16 and
1: it hasn't changed we did that
0: all. 7 yeah. 8 years ago with the studio yeah. it's the yeah. same damn thing yeah that when you and i cuz similarly i need a team I'm not a, um, you know, uh, just solo player. Uh, It just doesn't work for me. I much prefer to collaborate. Um, And so that's what we created. We Mm -hmm. didn't feel that in the industry. You and I were talking quite a bit around that time. You um, were casting various things, and I was acting in various things, and um, there was something missing. There was a piece missing for us, and then we created it, which is super exciting, and... I'm, I'm proud of that. That's what we tell actors to do. Like, the, And the result has been incredible, yeah. right? That it, we have uh, this place that has a ripple effect for people and, and, and can um, fill people up artistically. Um, and all you have to do is get to that point of this doesn't work for me anymore. Let's do something. You have to walk into the principal's office and say, fuck this. No one else is doing it. I'm going to do it then. Yeah. And, that's and, it, so and it works.
1: And it works every time. <laughs> It does, you know, but you have to be brave enough to take action, even when you're terrified. Um, you have to, and you have to want it badly enough, and you have to hit a wall, you yeah. know, hard enough right. that you say, "This isn't working for me. I-, I need something else." And to know what that something else is, uh, you know, I assume for everybody, a sense of collaboration and community. And a tribe of people to walk shoulder to shoulder with and explore with and all that is, is vital. But I don't think everybody knows that about themselves. And there are some people who, actors especially, who feel isolated and don't, have never had that experience. But if you start to look around and realize that you can't really do this by yourself.
0: I think there's an acceptance when actors come here, especially, that you will do this on your own like that that's normal, you know, that sure I maybe came from a theater school or whatever else, but now this is the real world and so now it's just me, you know, the single soldier fighting up this system to try to swim upstream and and get mine. Um, And there's something that's so uh, twisted about that and it just doesn't make any sense and it's hurtful and uh, it just doesn't have to be that way.
1: But we're in a competitive industry. There are award shows where people compete against each other that you go into f- auditions and you sit in a room and you realize you're competing against all these people. And so you believe that you're you're small, that there are people who, as you said, have some truth that you don't know and that someone needs to decide that you're worthy. And it's isolating.
0: Sure. You know, what's interesting, I, I have just come from nine months or so, arguably better part of a year, uh, all the same with um, – my wife going through this the medical system, you know, and the birth of our daughter, and you think of um, the acting industry as a system, and it's designed not for the comfort and joy of the individual, and so I think about mm-hmm. that actor who is facing, you know, at the base of this massive mountain, this system, and how she navigates that um, with some sort of ease, which includes self care, et cetera. But really, you do have to take the frequency that's being emitted from that system with all of the grains of salt and always ask yourself, does this work for me? Um, because it, it's not designed to care for you. It's not designed to make sure that your artistry is long-lasting and that you don't get bitter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's there to process people and to pit one against the other and create competition and to yeah. satisfy shareholders, and et cetera, et cetera. So, so, and, and that's fine. like That's its purpose. But I, I really think that it's so important for every actor to take time away from that pursuit to ask them themselves, what do I need? All that stuff that I had in theater school back in my hometown, you may need to bring that with you on some level. Create it anew here so that you have a community, so that you know where the grocery store is that you know fills you up with good foods. All the basic stuff is, is taken care of so that you can then go back to the system and make your way through it it can't be all within the system. You can't exist within the classic industrial model of this industry or else you will die or have s- significant mental health issues. Yeah. So it'll be that back and forth, Yeah. But, it, but there's a moment when the agent says, okay, do this, or the casting director says, do this, or whatever, when you have to stop and think and go, hmm, is that of me? Uh, And even if you do do it, know that you're doing it and it's not of you. Like, have the awareness of yourself uh, as opposed to the system. That's so important, I think.
1: Right, and bring in that collaborative spirit. So if a casting director, or an agent or or an executive or even a friend gives you some advice or gives you a direction or says tells you to do something, if you can receive it in terms of we're equals here, right? This is this person is not more important or more knowing than I am. They're figuring this out just like I am. Really, really know that. Then you're showing up at the table in a different spirit. You're not showing up waiting for somebody to tell you what to do. Right. You know, And that's been challenging for people because you believe that, well, they must know. They have those jobs. But they're, <laughs> they're all just trying to survive. And um, for you to, to enter into that space, um, again, we talk about this as uh, an artistic leader, meaning you bring forth your own needs and clarity, not not neediness, but your own sense of self and your own understanding of this is the work we're doing together. Then uh, you start to, to actually redefine what it means to be in business with people.
0: So much of the work that we do at the studio, um, and it comes up in the training, it comes up in the self-care and the coaching and all of it is helping individuals find space within the system for their talent, yeah. which is so hard. You know, art is subjective, there's no question. Yeah. But um, but we're moved by many of the same things. And uh, this is an understanding that I think a lot of actors don't have, that ultimately casting directors and actors want the same thing. Everybody wants the same thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be this weird comparative, like, it's them over there and us over here. I mean, I remember, Particularly towards the end of my acting career, um, really feeling at odds with casting directors, mm-hmm. like that there was just this animosity mm-hmm. because they were the ones who were gonna let me in or not, and if they didn't, then it's your fault. And what do I have to do here? You know, like that sort what, of. Did that come bitterness. from
1: experiences you had, or just because you were hitting walls and not getting cast, or all of that? All of that. All of that. Okay,
0: um, and, and you know every actor knows that there is uh, um, uh, quite a good deal of disrespect and it's not even disrespect, it's disinterest because they're focused on processing the casting uh, session Mm -hmm. and that they left you out in the waiting room for 45 minutes isn't necessarily personal. They need to do a a better job at that and I know you are militant about scheduling and making sure that that doesn't happen, but you're the anomaly and I know that having been in those rooms, Uh, you make room for actors, you want them to thrive um, uh, you provide good readers, et cetera. That is not, uh, the rule by any means. So, but that's okay. Like the, you know, but I took it all personally. Mm. Um, and I took it personally because I was investing on an emotional level in the material. Uh, I, I, took my time to do this and, and the shift that I didn't make. And if I had a studio like this, when I was pursuing an acting career, I'd probably still be an actor. Really? Was I couldn't, I couldn't make the shift. To, to find the joy in it, to do it for its own sake, because it became business for me. It was the thing that paid my rent, uh, and at times it paid quite well being on a TV series, and then not, and then getting a recurring that year, and great, and then not, and I got caught in that loop, um, that up and down, you know, um, am I going to get it, am I not, oh no, you know, and you're looking for reasons why this isn't working.
1: And, and is that why you stopped?
0: So again, I think when it came down to it, I needed to shift I need after doing it for 15 16 years um, seeing all the highs having all the money in the bank and then not having all the money in the bank because so much of it was borrowing for from tomorrow to pay for yesterday um it it's it got um ugly for me it got bitter for me there wasn't joy in it and I needed to shift I needed to do something that um both paid my rent and that probably meant getting some sort of job um but also find the joy in acting. Mm. And I didn't have the wherewithal to do that because I didn't I didn't feel like I could step away because stepping away to me meant stepping away from the pursuit of the thing that I'm trying to get. So why would I do that? I mean, this is the opposite of what we tell actors to do now, right? You know, Diversify, like fill yourself up. If you need to take that improv class, even though your agent's saying, no, no, you need to take an on-camera class, you take the damn improv class because it's good for business. Yeah. It will make you a full artist and you can bring that to bear in your auditions. I didn't have any of that. It came crunch time to me, and I realized that I didn't have to pursue the auditions and uh, that classic industrial model. Um, I didn't want to. It hurt me. It, it felt like my ego couldn't take it anymore. And and yet I realized that there was something in this work that I had to do. That that was it wasn't an option for me because I am an artist, and if I didn't, my life would get bad. So. I figured out a way to be in and of that work consistently so that um, I'm filled up artistically, but that I don't put myself in the position to uh, to be told yes or no to deal with that rejection, mm. which at the time I couldn't deal with. So, um, and, you know, thinking about it now, uh, there are very, very few uh, situations under which I would go and act in anything. Um, it doesn't interest me as much as Uh, being in and around this work, which I'm in and around multiple times a week. And I I mean, I am healed every class. I'm filled up every class, even when it's frustrating. So that's all I need. And that helps me be a better father and a better husband. Um, And so you know, my life is full in that regard. I really only need these to my family and this work. Like if you were being minimalist about it, that's all I need in my life. Um, And if I didn't have one or the other, things would uh, not be as good. So, um, but, but there, but had, had someone stepped in, had I been in a studio like this around that time, I would have understood that I, it didn't have to be all or nothing that I could shift. I could try other things, uh, and, and just roll through that downtime with more grace than I was able to roll through it with. Mm.
1: And, and you were, I know still are, if you chose to be a really good actor. So what, what do you think made you such a good actor? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Why well, am I so talented? <laughs> well,
1: no. I mean, you were—you were really present. I've cast you. I've—I've I've read with you, so I know that. But and I've seen your work. So you were present. You were uh, intense. You were committed. Um,
0: I was too intense. And you think? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that was uh, I was uh, angry and bitter. This is stuff going back to my childhood and. And for me, uh, uh, acting was a place to focus that. And so that would come out in my work and it would come out easily and I'd enjoy it. And so as opposed to some people in this society whose expression of anger gets them killed or is vilified or, or everyone's afraid of particular people of color, uh, as an actor, I would show up to auditions and offer anger and they'd say, Ooh, he's so dangerous. This is great.
1: Exciting and talented. We're looking for, yeah. we
0: want uh, dangerous men. edgy. We yeah. want, I heard that all the time, you know, but, uh, but there wasn't a lot of peace in my life. So I couldn't, uh, have some sort of breezy conversation i mean i did book a a a sitcom but um but you know under certain circumstances it would work under others it would not (laughs) Uh, but uh you know so i'm not gonna answer the question of why i was a good actor i i feel really deeply i'm hypersensitive um and that's all i know uh and so yeah raised by women i'm intuitive (laughs) Uh, uh but um but i don't know
1: well, I think also in in any <laughs> I of felt that so gross. No, those and, and and all of, no no. I love that though because in all of that anger and all of that maybe you know. No, no, I mean
0: just me talking about like why I am or am not talented as an actor. <laughs> no, I understand <laughs> you know, like, that which I don't do anymore.
1: But but I think it's important that actors remember because we struggle with this all the time and we see it constantly. That offering yourself, offering your vulnerability, offering all the the different parts of yourself, even the ones that may not be you know, beautiful and, 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 and smooth, um, is what, you know, can be exciting. Sure. Yeah. We like that angry guy, you know, cause it's dangerous and edgy and we really need that. And maybe that's limiting, but it's still underneath that. I remember it showed a certain amount of humanity and vulnerability. And I think that, that you carry that with you always.
0: Why are you a great director?
1: Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. We're going to break is even for a what? commercial. No, we're going to break uh, <laughs> and, and answer a question on some of this topic right now. We get a lot of questions about casting, about auditioning, about your careers and the business, and we want to focus on some of the ones we hear often. So we're going to take one right now with great question. Let's talk about that. So let's dive in.
0: Ali in Atlanta says, um, how do you navigate having three jobs and doing the work, whether it was class or performing or writing, et cetera, without burnout and having trouble finding the time and the money? Any advice on uh, what uh, you guys did to stay in the work and stay afloat? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. And like so much of this, I think, is prioritizing, um, planning, organizational, right? Like really pulling out the seven-day calendar, asking yourself, what do I value, what do I want? and then turning that into a schedule. And it may be that you can't do all of those things, but you know what you can do over the course of a year, you can do a good many of them consistently so that you have something. So I think getting bogged down in that it's all so much uh, is problematic.
1: Yeah, and and some of it in looking at a schedule, I love that you said that, is uh, really looking at how you spend your time. You know, people say that I don't have any discipline, and I believe that you have lots of discipline in how many hours you might spend on Netflix or, you know, discipline and how much time you're scrolling on Instagram. So what if you spent a little less time on Netflix and actually said my discipline is going to be two hours on Netflix instead of four, or, you know, I'm not going to be on Instagram for three days just because you're, you just get lost in that. It's understandable why you go there. But what if you actually put, created a discipline, different discipline and a schedule and gave yourself... Just a little bit of time. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to think of, oh, I have to make my feature film next week. What if you just said, I'm going to write for half an hour every day and you carved out some time to do that or something that you feel is going to fill your tank creatively.
0: We deal with the, this a lot in our coaching. It's, it's turning the dream and the intentions um, into action. That what What is the practical expression of your dream, of your desire? And, and that looks, uh, like I said, a lot like uh, having to prioritize and put some things on hold, but just on hold. Um, and, and that gets tough, right? Cause like you've got all these wonderful babies, but you got to pick one. Uh, and so you have to pull out your calendar and say, look, this is what I'm going to do for the next four months. Um, and, and I, and I'm going to shave off, uh, you know, three hours a fortnight or whatever, uh, because I need to take that time to do this. So uh, the first step is getting really clear on what you value and out of that, what you want.
1: Yeah. And also, realize that sometimes you can't do it by yourself, or it's not as easy to do it by yourself. So set some dates with other people, whether it's a a writing group that you join or put together, or just a fellow uh, traveler who you decide to meet up with once a week and brainstorm some ideas and then give each other assignments so you hold each other accountable. Find a community. That's what we do here in class a lot. People come in. Tonight in my class, people are coming in with stuff that they've written and they're you know really excited about it. And for them, having that place to, to come together and do this is so much easier than doing it by yourself, feeling isolated and, and not knowing what steps to take. Sure. Yeah. So there's that, and the one more thing I wanna say, and I, this may not be something you guys wanna hear, but you have got to step up and do this in a way that nobody else is doing it. So you're gonna to have to sacrifice some things, you're gonna to have to suit up, you're gonna to have to say, I want this badly enough, to put some things aside and do a little extra, you know, push beyond. Because while everybody else is not doing that, you are the one who is standing, you know, in in your creative power. And and you're the one who's taking action. And it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to resist it. And we get that. But if you do it a little bit every day, every week, it's going to translate into... um, into creative expression that will get stuff done and you'll see a change.
0: Thank you so much for the question, Ali. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered here on The Acting Podcast, email us at theactingpodcast at gmail.com. That's theactingpodcast at gmail.com. And put great question in the subject line so we'll know. We're ready to hear your question and offer our take on the answer. Go ahead and email today. We're here.
1: Before we get back to our conversation, we want to give you some added bonus stuff.
0: She said ad.
1: I did say ad. This is an ad, folks.
0: Finding and maintaining success as an actor requires intense focus in your acting work. It's a consistent practice.
1: But in a business this dynamic and this fraught with emotional landmines, achieving your goals also requires addressing specific elements of your career and your life. To be successful, you have to take a long look at what you want your career to look like and what practical daily steps you're taking to get there.
0: And you have to be taking responsibility for the mental and emotional roadblocks that keep you from success. So to make sure the work gets done, we offer career coaching and life design coaching. It's one-on-one, in person, at the studio, or via Skype and Zoom for actors all over the world.
1: In our career coaching sessions, you'll find ways to let go of guilt, doubt, fear, regret, and powerlessness, embrace your gifts, and come up with strategies to realize your projects, to network effectively, to engage with your representatives successfully, and to make money doing what you love. Together, we will turn the energy of frustration into the energy of doing and creating.
0: In life design coaching sessions, you'll come to a deeper awareness of the emotional and mental blocks that stand in your way. You'll change your relationship with those blocks, and then we'll tailor a doable, daily practice that creates positive change in your life. It's awareness to intention to action. It's about removing what's in your way and creating presence and power in your life so you can show up for yourself and your career.
1: So to schedule a career coaching or life design coaching session or a series of coaching sessions, go to com slash coaching or click the link in our podcast
0: show notes. And if you use the promo code podcast, you get a 10% discount on your first session. So the cliffhanger, <laughs> the to be continued. Uh, and why are you a great director?
1: Because I love it. Because I figured out a way, and I don't think anybody's great, really. I think we're all just in process of yeah. finding our voice. But I figured out a way to combine different parts of what I love to do and can do well, which is part of the artist in me that is about storytelling and about um, sharing human, deep emotional experience. So that was the juicy uh, creative part of me that I needed like you to nurture always because without it I was just not a happy human being and then the part of me that is organized and producorial and likes to and understands how to put people together so putting those things together um was part of what made me like directing I mean I started doing it when I was a kid just naturally you know we would do plays in the basement in the winter in Montreal and um, just kept us warm and, and uh, focused. We didn't have the internet. We had a few TV shows, which I think is important that you can play at this thing and as children and grow up with that because it was always about play. And then um, when I didn't get cast in the production in camp um, in the pajama game, except in the chorus, and I didn't want to be in the chorus, and the person who got cast in the lead, I knew was just not right for the part. And so I <laughs> I thought that is not good casting. I was like nine. And I went to the, <laughs> the director to see if I could get a better part. And I overheard her talking to some, you know, uh, designers. And I was standing there. I remember exactly where I was standing outside the auditorium um, in the Laurentian mountains. And I said, I heard her, having this conversation. I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I asked her what that was like. And then within a few minutes, I said to her just, it came out of me, can I be your assistant? And I realized, and she said, yeah, okay. I'd never had an assistant camper before. I mean, I was nine, so. I learned at that point that, oh, I didn't want to do the acting thing. This was far more exciting. Hmm. Like, how cool is this? Not that you get to tell people what to do, but you get to do all these other things. And then the actors are a part of that, but there's so much else and it all you put all the pieces together. So from that point on. I knew that that was something I wanted to pursue, and I've done, you know, I had a very healthy directing career in the theater in New York, um, loved it, loved the collaborative part of it, loved working with new material, I was fortunate enough to, as a producer and, and director and casting director, work with um, some amazing writers, you know, got Shel Silverstein to write his first play, um, worked with you know, Shanley and came up with uh, Richard Greenberg and uh, Chris Durang and Wendy Wasserstein, may she rest in peace, and worked with David Mamet and Frank Gilroy and Horton Foote. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't realize it was just a bunch of people writing good shit and I could be a part of that. And I would tell them what I thought and sometimes they listened, sometimes they didn't. But um, that to me was the beginning of, oh, this is exciting. You actually get to collaborate with writers on new work and to me, like, that's what I'm doing in class now. It's the same stuff. Yeah. This just makes me happy. So just keep coming back to that thing that just lights me up, um, that I started doing when I was younger, and um, that's always been, you know, the happy place.
0: And I know you've, you've always dealt with that conflict, even I suspect uh, at age 16, between art and the limitations of producing mm-hmm. or art and finance depending on who's financing the production yeah. but when you're in this incredible environment to in new york ests incredible writers and and then you move to los angeles and it slams up against industry yeah and even lately the role of the casting director in these productions uh is has changed yeah my god um, yeah you know how have you navigated that And Um, and still hung on to the sixteen-year-old who just wants to collaborate.
1: I don't know. I don't know that I've done it that well. You know, I mean, I was lucky enough as a casting director to start working in movies with some amazing directors, and to be able to again bring that spirit of collaboration in. Some of them were not quite that collaborative. They didn't want to hear what I had to say. but I was able, I collaborated with Oliver Stone for eight years, you know, and people go, how how is that possible? But, you know, he was interested in people who had a voice and would run their departments uh, with a certain amount of leadership and challenge him. And so that was always fun and important for me to be able to do so. And and those people were nurturing. Adrian Lyon on Fail Attraction let me be on set and let me learn, you know, how to I mean, I watched him work, which was amazing. I was right there while he just made this thing happen, and I was astonished by it. And so that was... I mean, these people were mentors to me, and that was great. And I would be on set with Oliver's movies and, and, and ask Bob Richardson, who was his DP, who was one of the most amazing cinematographers around, questions, and he would answer them, and I would learn from that. So, you know, for me, it's always been about that part of it. So for me, casting, when I was able to do that as well, was really fun and exciting. And I think we had voices as casting directors before more so i mean i know people still do but i know working in television now in this day and age when so much is done on tape and you're basically sometimes functioning as a as a computer you know you're just putting out stuff um there's there's not the same kind of collaboration or even dare i say respect for what you have to offer so i still try to find that you know and i was lucky enough um, four years on Masters of Sex with those people to be in a situation where my my voice was heard. And it's not about me. It's just that I have something to offer. So if sure. I'm not going to be able to offer it, then I am just functioning, you know, as a secretary or a computer or, you know, it, 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 it's not useful. Um, I just want to be able to be of use, of service to the storytelling. That's all that matters to me. And if I can do that as a casting director, as a director, as a collaborator, as a teacher, then... Um, then I'm, then I'm being useful at, at my highest level. Sure. And if I can't do that, then it's fine. Sometimes you have to make a living and you do what you have to do. Right. Um, but it's uh, it's always, it's been a struggle, you know? And um, I just want for young casting directors who are coming up to, to come back to the fact that they really are artists. And I believe that very soon there will be an Academy Award for casting now that David Rubin is the head of the Academy, which is really cool. But you got to earn your place there and you got to realize that you are contributing to this movie making, to this storytelling um, as a creative being, you know. You
0: know, what's interesting is I have been next to you here at the studio while you've also been casting a number of shows mm-hmm. um, over the years, pilots, TV series, et cetera. And um, mostly with pilots, there is a moment where. Because you go all in, you can't help, but go all Mm -hmm. in emotionally and otherwise. You invest in the story and you invest in the actors and you have a clear point of view about what this should be. And sometimes that's antithetical to what uh, a network executive wants because they have a certain idea for who should be the lead of their show they can put on the side of a bus. There is often a moment in these pilots where seven weeks in or whatever it is, six weeks in, you have fought for an actor who you believe in in your heart. And they've gone in another direction. And they've gone in another direction because the head of the network met somebody at a dinner party and. That's the it's head gonna of the network now. said,
1: "Oh no, no, this is really what I want, and you've done all this work, and right. it's all just, you know."
0: And by the way, dumped. anyone who who looks at this script yeah. and and thinks of the person that that network that that network executive said yes to, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but except that's the finance and the shareholders, that's fine. And I see your heart hurts. I see your heartbreak just a little bit, and w- w- it's sad to watch. And then you suck it back up and you diligently finish the thing at the you know the highest level. But it also speaks to, I think, how much at this point in your career after doing it for a long time, you still invest, which is both nuts (laughs) but also admirable uh, because you can't help but care, which is sweet. And I look at you and go, why do you still do it why do you still invest so much? Why couldn't you, like I know some casting directors do, by the way, even when I was pursuing an acting career, walking in and going, oh, this person's phoning it in. <laughs> you know, I don't know um, how to
1: do that. I just, I do don't it. know how to phone it in. I try. <laughs> I pick up the phone. Go. This is phoning it in, right? I try. I just don't know how. I mean, I've learned how to not disinvest, but to realize where to put my energy at what times, and I understand the politics of this and the yeah. you know the, the the business of this. I sure. totally get that. Um, but sometimes people don't get that, and so they don't get the other part. So it 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 it's, it can get challenging. So it's I've learned how to balance it but you know pilots are crazy they're like talking about you know giving birth they're they're like giving birth to this thing creatively that is uh really really a tough road and so the, because there's just so much at stake for no apparent reason but you know when you when you say that it's it's I just keep coming back to you know actors who we know a lot of actors brilliantly talented actors who get really discouraged and they don't feel like they're seen they don't have a place at the table they may not have representation they don't get in rooms enough and their their heart breaks all the time and so they protect themselves from that yeah. you know by disappearing right which is understandable That's what I did yeah but yeah 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 to some extent yeah you hit it but you hit a, a point where you knew you needed to do something else but I think they sit there in that uh, limbo right. in that purgatory yeah. of shame and and not valuing themselves and um, and so I know from my life and leading up to now that what you have to do to pull yourself up and and keep coming back to what you love and finding that somewhere because then I just go back to okay that hurt too much that broke my heart too much, you know, that was just too fucking hard, you know, and now I'm gonna dive back into this, you know, exciting and satisfying creative pool of work, collaboration, teaching. To me that's, I just keep coming back home to that and it satisfies me and it just soothes the heartbreak and also reminds me what's really important. Cause also I can't do the other stuff unless this stuff is, if this tank is full.
0: And, and that is some of the most meaningful work that I see happen here at the studio, that when actors have hit those walls, and indeed they'll hit them again and again and again, um, if they're in the work with us here, we have the ability to help them navigate that rocky place uh, to get to a place of uh, that's calmer for them. And sometimes that looks like guiding them through the writing and shooting of their own material. Sometimes it looks like them growing their craft in new and interesting ways because we're pushing them to, to uh, you know, to, to go to new places. And sometimes it looks like them staying in this very room that we're in for three years, coming back to the work every single week, uh, and then something shifts and they book a TV series. Like, you know, I'm thinking of three or four actors who who come to us in between TV series you know yeah. um, and that's when I feel like oh yeah that is the purpose of this place to be not only the foundation but that cushion once the agent has said this that or the other thing to you and you feel like you got knives stuck in your chest you walk in here and come back to the work and remind yourself of the 16 year olds who marched into the principal's office because you loved it, wanted this so much yeah and to fi- yeah to find
1: your happy place right I mean, if, if if you're not doing this because you're satisfying that, because you love this, because you know it rises you up as a human being, as an artist, as a as a part of a community. I mean, if it, it teaches you, grows you, challenges you, if it if that's not happening, then you've got to find a place where it where it is. Who knows what that is? You know, we've seen actors here also become producers. You know, become filmmakers. Find it in photography. Become writers. You know, from having been actors you know, find it in so many other ways, find it in family, find it in um, other ways of expressing themselves creatively. But if you're not doing that, you gotta take a look at that and say, you know, what part of this is missing? You know, what am I not getting out of this and how am I gonna get that? And so hopefully we can provide that for people here, but also just to keep reminding all of you listening to this that we've, you know, we've, we've struggled through it. We still struggle, I certainly struggle with this, daily, um, finding that balance and between commerce and art, between um, feeling left out and, and, and saying, there's no left out. I'm making my own place. Um, And, you know, I was listening to Ray Romano on on a podcast recently, and he was talking about like all the ups and downs in his journey and, and when it's exciting and satisfying and all those dry periods. And if you don't create something out of that drought, Right? then you're going to be in the drought forever. Sure. And and, and I also think actors, as a tribe, I'm, I'm saying this with great love and respect, think they're supposed to be unhappy a lot. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Right. But there's something about like not being satisfied, not being empowered. Um, and so what is the thing that... that makes you happy it's not really booking a co-star on a procedural tv show on network television that's not the be all end all that's not the journey i mean it'd be a great stop on the journey like a great meal you know but it's not why you got into this thing and it's not going to sustain you you know so what is that thing that's going to keep you whole and sustain you for a long career and by the way this is you got to be in this for the long haul
0: that reminds me of when I was pursuing acting career and I would either feel when I was on a show, like I owned the world, I was in the tax bracket and things are good and we're going to live. Or alternatively, I am a loser. I can't book a job to save my life. And, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about the egoic identities. And I think actors can go back and forth and back and forth, depending even on the week, right? Like, You get good feedback, I am the king of the world, uh, and then you didn't get that thing, uh, and you're a loser who'll never make it, you'll never amount to anything, all your friends are having babies and filling up their 401ks and you're nothing. So I I think what's important is to not get lost in either of those, to understand where the ego starts spinning and crafting these tales of how great or how worthless you are, um, and uh, do the work of being present, but also, again, coming back to this notion of, but what? is this for why am I doing this it's for the sake of the art itself because it is transcendent and it is in me like on a cellular level it's in me um and and I think that's what we offer here at the studio too is that nobody is more important than the work no one is bigger than the work if you're serving it then you're then you're in uh you know the right place then the stars are aligned and then the work serves you that's right. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. now, again, in the Taoist sense, now, uh, you know, the game plays the player. Now you're you're in line with it all, right? You're just on the ride, um, as opposed to you trying to get control of it so that you can weaponize it and leverage it in your audition to yeah. get to that next level, quote unquote, which yeah. doesn't exist. And, and even if you're talking about like, what's the competitive edge when you're in for that audition, you have to keep this stuff meaningful it has to feel like a mission like this is it's a calling you're called to do this yeah um and that's the thing that's going to transcend not that you wore the right outfit or that you you know did the right this that or the other thing or the right quote unquote choice in the scene um it's that you show up with commitment and generosity and courage again and again and again and again and that you know, brick by brick builds uh, the foundation of a career over time.
1: Because that kind, of, that kind of approach, this is really important, that kind of approach, you walk into an audition room or onto a self-tape and you do that kind of work and it will affect people and that's all that anybody wants. They don't care about anything else other than to be affected by you and to know that their story is being told by somebody who can inhabit that world fully. And when they're affected by you, they go, oh, let's do that. That You know, they're human beings who need to be brought back to this thing that they care about, and they forget because they get stuck in all of the, the bullshit and the budgets and the business of it all and the politics, and they lose their way, and so you can bring them back, and that those are the steps that make a career, but, but you find that by coming back to the heart of what you love and being able to bring that into the work into an audition, into onto a self-tape, into a collaborative process, onto set, into rehearsal. You keep doing that over and over time and time again and it not only builds a career but it blows people's minds because they don't see that very often. No doubt. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world.
0: Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. And as a thank you to our incredible community, we want to give you an amazing free gift. It's called The Comprehensive Guide to the Perfect Self-Tape.
1: So all you have to do is screenshot your review, send it to theactingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you an exclusive gift of The Perfect Self-Tape Guide to take your work to the next level.
0: And come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. And if you're in L.A., Atlanta, or New York, Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.